you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. I was in Florida a few months ago and at a, a new church I was helping out at, and I asked the music minister, I said, when the gospel's finished, and I just sent a note over to him with somebody else, I didn't really ask him directly, I said, when the gospel's finished, I said, sing another hallelujah, like we do here, sing another hallelujah, just, you know, and he sent a message back with the person who went back and forth and said, uh, it's not in the rubrics. It's not in the rule book, so you can't do it. <laughs> you know what message I sent back to him. <laughs> okay. If we follow the rules all the time, we're going to be tight. We're going to be narrow-minded. We're going to be, oh, we're going to be caught into a corner that we're not going to even be able to breathe in. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with rules. A lot of them are made to be broken, but there are a lot of rules out there in the world. Today's scriptures are an invitation for us to go one step deeper into God. And it's a big word, God, as we understand him, revealed as Father, Son, and Spirit. Magnificent idea. Now, this is not a theological lesson, it's a homily. It's, it's, we're prayerfully reflecting on the scriptures. If we were to go into a class, we could study the history of how the church slowly became to understand what the Trinity was all about. We can go into the early documents. We can go into the four evangelists. That's why I wore this particular scapula. Shows the four evangelists. The origins of our theology of the Trinity. We can go as far back as we want. And through these centuries and through the ages, we'll get all the documents, we'll get all the notations. And what is that going to do? If we don't really get into the heart of what God has revealed in himself, you can have all the theology and all the rule books that you, you can pile up from here to tomorrow. They're not worth a hill of beans. Unless we really get into what God is all about. Now, it's one homily. I don't know if we're going to get into what God is all about today, but we're going to get at least in that direction. The first reading from the book of Deuteronomy is, is a nice overview. We'll talk about that in a second. About two or three weeks ago, I had a mass in the morning in Hoboken. It was to celebrate Jerry's uh, niece's first communion. It was a beautiful mass. I preached. It was beautiful, beautiful church, wonderful hospitality, a nice act active day. We went to a little reception. And then a friend of ours graduated from Seton Hall. We had to go to his reception in Staten Island. I have never been in Staten Island, okay? I'm sure I went over the bridge and went through Staten Island, but never did anything in Staten Island. Okay, so we, we took the trip. Went to this beautiful restaurant, very good food. And as I'm walking in the restaurant, now I'm tired, you know, I'm a little 
not cranky, but I'm tired. You know, we just traveled from Hoboken, just had celebration. And the guests are back there on the table back there. I can see them. But right here, as I enter the, the restaurant, there's a huge table, all men. And I have a collar on, okay? And I walk in, every one of those heads turn to me, every one of them. So, you know, this, what does this face do to people who look at it? Hello. I said, hi, how you doing? And of course, my guests, my, my friends saw that and they said, oh, look, he knows all those people. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> they looked at me, saw my smile, I smiled back and they started talking. I said, oh, what are you doing? What's up? You know, and, and, the, and the, the, husband, the older man, he was the father of, of that group. I'll tell you who they are in a second. He was the father of the clan. And he says, uh, who are you? I said, Louis Garrity. I says, I'm from New Jersey. I'm here to celebrate their graduation. He said, oh, he says, could you say a blessing for us? I said, sure. I said, now, you know, like a little stranger, all Italians, and, you know, I have that little thing with Italians. And I said, now, you're not here to do anything bad, are you? <laughs> so he said, no, 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 no. We're here to celebrate my daughter's shower, and it's in another room next door. Oh, okay, and these are all the husbands and boyfriends of, of those girls. So I said a blessing for them, wish them all. And, and they all like, very reverently bowed their heads, said the blessing, the father stood up and thanked me. And then he said, could you do me one more favor? <laughs> I said, please, I'm dying for a Bloody Mary. <laughs> so he says, I'll order the Bloody Mary, but can you do me a favor? Okay, what's it? I haven't seen, even said hello to my friend yet. So I, he says, can you come over to my daughter's shower and bless her? Say a blessing for her. Of course, I'm a priest. Yeah, sure, I should. I, so I go next door. It's another building, actually. Go next door, follow him. I forgot his name, first name, but anyway, it doesn't matter. And um, I says, hi, I'm here with, with uh, Joe, the father of the bride. I said, he just asked me to say a blessing for all of you. And they're walking around, these all very pretty ladies, and they're doing cocktail hour, whatever, you know, whatever you're supposed to do with showers. And when I said that, they all said, oh. I said, what's this, oh. Interesting. So I said the blessing over the bride-to-be. I blessed the, their lunch. And I went about my business. That, that stuck in my head. Different situation. A client of mine, you know, I'm a family therapist. A client of mine, the family came in. The father was going through some surgery in about a week. So as we leave, I said, oh, okay, um, Bill. I said, Bill, I'll be praying for you. Now, it's the father, the mother, and the daughter who's like 20. I said, I'll be praying for you as you go through the surgery. The daughter's response was, oh... And I'm saying, what, what is this awe? What is this awesomeness that comes over people when prayer is mentioned for them? And then, you know, you start thinking, you put these things together, and you read the scriptures, and you realize we, as people, people, not, not Catholics, Christians, Jews, Muslims, people, we are all called as created images of God. We're all called and created by God. We're all called to be able to call God, the creator, daddy. Sometimes we don't think about that. There's a longing in every person, I think, every person. I don't care who it is. There's a longing in every person to be connected to the divine, to be connected to, and I'll say even that which they don't understand might be beyond us. There's a longing because I think we all really are made in the image of God and our souls are one with God. And, you know, we constantly have that urge to be closer to God. But if we don't know how to do it, 
because good Christians haven't taught one another or because we haven't acted that way. If we don't know how to do it, there's going to be a lot of people out there that as soon as you say the word God or blessing, they're going to, oh. In other words, you're slowly, and I'm no great revealer, you know, I'm, I'm just me. But what's happening is when we pray for someone and we tell them we're praying for them, they're in awe. Because what you're saying is, I'm putting you in touch with the Creator. Now, please, I don't get any points for this. I'm only an instrument. But when we pray for one another, we are putting each other in touch with God. And I, I can't emphasize that word enough. You can spell it, you can look at it. You know, maybe the, the Jews had, a, had the right idea. You can't even say it. That's why they call them Yahweh. And, and there's a phrase, Yahweh, and it really means being, creator, cause of everything to be. And that's it. That Yahweh captures it in so many ways. That when we are in touch with God, and Paul makes it very clear, because of the Holy Spirit, we'll get that in a second, when you pray, when we pray, Paul is telling all of us, you are being put together with God and you have the audacity and courage and strength and pride to call God Daddy. That's awesome. I mean, think of it. Think of the, the greatest person you know, historical, current, politician, religious, doesn't matter. Imagine calling him or her by his first name. Imagine going up to Francis and say, hey, Julio, I'm, what, Jorge, he says, Jorge Bergale. Hey, Jorge, no, you're not going to do that. He's the Pope. He's, oh, your holiness, oh, title, title, title. Well deserved. But Paul is saying, break down all those titles. I want you one with God. I want to reveal to you what the Holy Spirit has for all of us, that we have the strength and pride to call God our daddy. And you know what your daddy does. Those daddies who weren't dysfunctional. So put that group over there. We'll talk about them another time. But you know what you, you are with your daddy, the relationship you have with your daddy, whether he's alive or deceased. He spoils you. He loves you. He gives you tuition. He gives you allowance. He disciplines you. But you're always secure at daddy's table. Mommy's table too, but well, let's go with daddy for right now. And we're always secure with our daddies. We can sit on his lap. We can play with his ears. We can, we can play with his face as, as babies. We can do anything we want to daddy that's appropriate. And that's what God, God is revealing himself to us and not limited to a body, a human body. This is still the creator of everything that we can imagine, whether you want a Big Bang or Darwin or anything, whatever it is. He's the creator. And I say he, but that limits who God is too. And he's the creator and he wants us to be one with him. The scriptures have it very well in Deuteronomy. Moses says, you can just see Moses, you know, we read this and say, oh, here's Moses in his erudite tradition, teaching people. This was written well after the, the events. Just study scripture and you'll know, you know that the, the reason why it's called the book of Deuteronomy. But Here's Moses saying, now just imagine him, I'll put a pipe in his, I don't smoke, but with a pipe in his hand, maybe on a rocking chair, you know, and telling people, hey, you can ask God for anything you want. Now he's going back and forth, like a, like a Mark Twain character. 
Because, it's right here in the scriptures, because whatever is, God did. Whatever good happened to you, God was right there. Even when things were rough, God was right there with you. And he traces it. He says that any, any other person take care of their people like God, Yahweh, takes care of you with outstretched arm, through the terrors. He was there, your God. He watched you. Your very eyes were in his eyes. The intimacy that Moses is struggling to get across as he's telling the people of Israel, now, I want you to follow him. Oh, there's going to be a lot of other distractions, other gods, small g's. There's going to be God of alcoholism. There's going to be God of addiction. There's going to be God of greed. There's going to be God of sexual attraction. There's going to be one God after another who's going to want your attention, but only God, Yahweh, deserves it. Only the true God who created you really deserves everything you have and everything you need to, to grow with and your attention and your education. Keep your eyes on him and fix your heart on the Lord our God in the heavens, above the earth, below, and watch his commandments and he'll be with you forever. Now that's the Old Testament, years before Jesus comes on the scene. And you can just see God, again, you can't see him, you know, just, we'll do little, uh, little graphics here. Just see God saying to himself, how am I going to get the word across to them? Because they had Moses, they had the scriptures, they had the commandments, but they didn't, they didn't really hold on to them. I'll send my son. So now, creator of all things, creator of people, is taking on human flesh. The creator existing forever, and that's hard concept to hold on to, ever, 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 forever, no beginning, no end, decides that he, again, that, that word is bad, he, that God can't reveal divinity enough to his people unless he becomes one of them. And he does. So God, Jesus Christ, comes to us. God decides, again, use my imagery, how am I going to get my word to them? Aha! Jesus is the word. My word is Jesus. I'll send Jesus to them. I will be enfleshed as the child Jesus, and I, my divinity goes there with me, and it's incarnated into flesh in Jesus. And so Jesus does his thing. Jesus teaches. Jesus cures. Jesus gives examples. Jesus tells us one metaphor and parable after another of how God wants us close, wants to grab us. He even uses the image of mother hen. God is like a mother hen who grabs all of his chicks. God is like a, a father who looks for the prodigal son. God is like the, the, the person who loses her coins and, and finds one and calls people in to celebrate. He's, Jesus struggling to get across to us what his father is all about. And he does a pretty good job of it, but of course, you know, it's too much for us to take. Love? Flexibility? 
Forgiveness? Equality? Hey, we're people. We're in charge. So what do we do? Put him on a cross. Get him out of here. Because what he's teaching us is too much for us to bear. And you're saying, oh, well, it wasn't us, it was the people in, in his day. But you know what? I regret to say, the scriptures probably encourage us to really think it through, that if we were there, we'd say crucify him too. In some ways, we are doing that today. By not maintaining his law of love, by not maintaining his law of respect, by, by looking at immigrants and people with different color skin or people with different, color la different languages or different political systems or different uh, orientation, oh, they're bad, they're bad, they're not as good as us. That's a crock. Because they are as good as us. They're made in the image of God, the same God who made all of us and made all of creation. They are in the image of God and they are as good as us, whoever they are, whatever person exists. In utero to old age. Now, not every person lives up to the benefits of being a child of God. That's, that's what's called sin. And when we do it, Christians who believe in God, we acknowledge our sinfulness, we seek reconciliation, we go back and we want to change. It doesn't apply that way across the board to everyone. Because we have to take Jesus very seriously. Go educate. He says, make them disciples. A disciple is someone who follows the teacher. Go educate everybody out there and teach them everything I taught you. As a church, we have to be embarrassed we haven't done that well enough yet. We have not taught through our actions. We have not taught through our examples. We have not taught. But where we have taught is the mysterium tremendum, the mystery, the tremendous mystery and the awesomeness of God. When we come here and we break bread and we take it as the promised body and blood of Jesus, of God, that's, that deserves a, oh, and maybe that word is where the word awesome comes from. The fear of God, the awesomeness, to be humbled before God, because in this piece of bread, I hold Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God. See how God loves us? See how God wants us? He's trying to scratch his head. I, I'm sure you're not, God. But he's trying to scratch his head saying, I want to get the point across to them that they need to treat each other like I treat them, with love, with forgiveness, with flexibility. They need to treat each other like my son treated them and not crucify each other and not condemn each other and not take advantage of each other. We celebrate the Holy Trinity today. When we can all together say to God, our Father, Daddy, when we can say to Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, our Lord and brother, and we can say, Holy Spirit, continue to continue to educate me, my head, my heart, my life with your love. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. 
Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. Well, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.